This Ooh. call is being recorded. Hello, Pastor Elect. Bishop Elect, Elliot Somerville. Are you there? Yes, sir. I am here. How are you, sir? I am doing awesome and so happy you could take some time out of your day to talk to myself and the listening audience of Bulletin Flight Radio. So thank you. Well, thank you so much for having us. We certainly appreciate the invitation, and we look forward to having the conversation with you today. Absolutely, absolutely. So our audience has already heard a little bit about your background. Um, We had the opportunity to just learn a little bit about you. So I just want to do a deeper dive and talk to you about just really everything. What First, (laughs) so many questions. How, and I haven't even included this, so I I don't know. I think we're going to throw a curveball to our fans just before. So how did you get involved in ministry? Well, uh, that that is absolutely a great question. I have been raised all of my life, and I used to tease when I was younger that I was probably born between morning service and evening worship service. Uh, but I have been involved in ministry all of my life uh, from the time that I was old enough to get involved with singing in the choir, the junior usher board, uh, the junior choir, the sunbeams, all of that stuff. And then as I grew older, of course, um, I felt the call of the Lord, the lead of the Lord to really get involved with ministry to a deeper level, um, being speaking, preaching, teaching, all of that. And uh, that's where it all started. Well, amen. Now, audience, what you don't know and what I did not tell you in our opener is Bishop-elect has ties and background to some of our favorite legendary gospel artists, such as Reverend Milton Bronson and those Chicago fingers, Chuck. He is connected and was a part of the OG crew there. And I do believe a little birdie told me you did some singing with Donald Lawrence as well. Is that correct? Well, actually, actually, Donald Lawrence uh, was in Chicago for a little bit and did a workshop. And so I had the opportunity to meet him and sing with him for just a little bit. I didn't uh, go on the road or anything like that with him. But, yeah, <laughs> when he came through Chicago, we did some work with him. All right, but Reverend Milton Bronson, that is a big deal. <laughs> At least it was in my home. Yes, yes, absolutely. He is one of the uh, staples of Chicago. His music with the Thompson Community Singers, uh, you, you could hardly turn on the radio station back in the day and not hear something by the Tommies. So, yeah, he absolutely. is certainly, yeah. Well, man, all right. So, so we got some of the early years and some of of what started. Did your music ministry have anything to do with your ministry? Did it lead you? I think that music ministry uh, was definitely the uh, the foundation of what we do now in ministry uh, because it gave me the opportunity to be more ecumenical, Um, being raised in the classical Pentecostal uh, church, it gave me a broader view of not just what our church movement, our theology was, 
but it exposed me to a lot of different other people, a lot of different other worship expressions. And so I take all of that uh, music ministry, all that traveling, all that exposure into the preaching moment and into the ministry that we do inside the four walls of the local assembly and um, putting it all into context is where we pull our preachment, we pull our ecumenical uh, involvement, and also present to whatever congregation that we're a uh, part of or we have the opportunity to minister to. Well, amen. Nothing is ever wasted, is there? <laughs> no. You know, one of the things that I often say is that God is the most absolute recycler. You know, everything that we go through, we think it's wasted. We think it's refuse, but God has a way of putting it back to good use. Yes, he does all the time. That is so true. So listen, everyone out there listening to this, be encouraged. Sometimes you may feel like you're stuck in a dead-end job or you don't understand why you are where you are. God's got you. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) So tell us, we want to know something that isn't in your bio, something that we haven't heard, and that is, do you play any instruments or do you have any secret talents you would like to share with us? I wish that I did. Let me tell you, my godfather is a recording artist, a musician, and, you know, when we were younger, we used to say that uh, he was all of the M occupations, the minister, a mortician, and a musician, and <laughs> he tried so hard to sit me down and teach me to play uh, the organ, and I was just like, wait a minute, I I don't want to do this. I want to go eat. I want to go hang out. I want to go play outside, all of that. And so he used to tease me that I could only play a little bit in one key. And so long story short, no, I I don't think I I play at all. But, um, you know, we we have the uh, inspiration. We can play um, one or two songs, but that's about it. Oh, that's something. It beats a lot of folks, (laughs) that's for sure. And what what about I don't know. You've not heard me play before. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what about secret talents? Any secret talents you want to share that are outside of music? Or, uh, I mean, are you good with uh, juggling? Or <laughs> you got any secret talents well, you want to? You know, I I am I like to paint. Um, oh. When I was younger, uh, that is one of the things that I gravitated towards: uh, drawing, sketching, and painting. So, and I still love to paint. Uh, as a matter of fact. Um, one of the goals that I have uh, that kind of came out of the pandemic was to do a collection of uh, pieces of art and just, you know, have them for myself because I don't know if they'll be good enough to give away or to display or anything, but definitely to uh, have as a testament of my hidden talent. That's awesome. That is so awesome. And painting and drawing is so cathartic and good for your mind. Distracting. It's so really good for you. So tell Absolutely. us, where do you see yourself, your ministry, and yeah, I guess your ministry career. I was going to say musical career too because you never know. <laughs> where do you see yourself in the next ten years? 
uh, in the next 10 years, uh, just between you and I and the radio listening audience, <laughs> um, I want to, uh, and I'm in, I'm in the process of really digging deep into uh, a nonprofit that we started to organize. Uh, it's called the Life Project, and what the Life Project will be focusing on is getting individuals who have been impacted by a couple different things. Number one, uh, health disparities. Uh, so we want to address health disparities, whether it is uh, just linkage to care, uh, HIV and AIDS services, STI services, uh, getting them linked to uh, service and care in that area. And then also because there is a growing, growing uh, housing insecurity here in the Phoenix metro area where I currently live, um, that is also one of the legs that pardon me, one of the legs that the Life Project will be addressing. And so we'll have an opportunity to link those individuals who are experiencing uh, housing insecurity, uh, link them to agencies that will assist with getting housing, assist with um, uh, getting, because a, a lot of what is being experienced is a result of drug addiction. And so we'll have an arm that will help them navigate that process so that they can get off of the streets, uh, get out of uh, the addiction realm, and possibly get into a viable station in uh, the society. Oh, wow. That is so awesome. In my, in my, and I'm going to say something, within my professional career outside of music, I have worked within HIV AIDS and in the hospital setting for a good decade or so. And I know how important it is to address mental health along with the medical and dental. It's, mental health is so underserved within our population. So it really Absolutely. makes me happy to hear you talk about support to get off drugs, and which means group therapy, da 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 mental Absolutely. health and behavioral health. So that is one it, of the it's things desperately needed. Yes, yes, Sorry, absolutely. One of the things that we found out when we were doing the research for uh, the different arms that we'll be uh, extending into the community was the fact that mental health amongst minorities, uh, black, brown, and uh, I should say black, brown individuals, along with women, females, is really low. And so that yes. is definitely one of the things that we want to address. We want to make sure that we, number one, take the stigma off of mental health. Uh, you'd be surprised how many uh, people still feel like, oh, well, you know, brown people, they don't go to the therapist, or black people, they don't go to the therapist. Yeah. You know, we go to church and we shout it out. No, how about God and the uh, the uh, the therapist. Yeah. We need to get an address in our community, mental health, addiction I health. Agree. Yeah. I agree. I, I so totally agree. Uh, personally, I think that's why a lot of the traditional churches especially have so much sex scandal and so forth. It's because there are so many things that are not addressed. Things are pushed down or pushed aside. And as you yes. say, shout it over, but never yes. appropriately addressed. Absolutely. Absolutely. We see that all the time because what you don't address 
will pop up in another another area. Yes, so I will. absolutely agree. Who would you like to collaborate with within this project, and why? I think I think one of the individuals that I would most like to partner with would be uh, my bishop, Bishop Yvette Adrian Flunder from Oakland, California. Uh, when I first started the the work for Project Rehoboth, which I did in Atlanta, that was one of the inspirations for that project because uh, City of Refuge, uh, San Francisco at the time, now Oakland, they had a lot of programs that were just absolutely phenomenal. And yeah. one of the things that Project Rehoboth did was we also, you know, it's it's just the call of my life. Uh, we also addressed uh, homelessness or housing insecurity. Uh, we addressed uh, children and LGBT youth that were displaced, and we uh, helped facilitate getting them linked to care and also linked into housing. Uh, we had a clothing and food pantry. So she had all of these things, so I pulled on her administrators to assist with all of our questions. How do you do this? Who do I need to connect with? I know you're in San Francisco, but you know the titles are universal. Who can help me with this? And I'm telling you, the City of Refuge uh, was just phenomenal in pointing the, pointing the direction at uh, who needs to be talked to, who needs to be written to, who needs to have phone calls. So I would love with uh, the Life Project to do the exact same thing, partner with someone who is already doing the work. So there's no need yes. to recreate the wheel. Yes, that's that's actually genius. Actually, work smarter, not harder. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> who wants to do that nowadays, right? That's right. If the door's open here, it, it makes so much sense. Shout out to Bishop Flunder. Shot out Bishop Flunder and City of Refuge and TFAM, the organization as a whole. I I personally just I, I love her. She's got so much love. I just melted when I saw her in Arizona in July and had the opportunity to, to talk to her. It was a, it was a, a a pleasure and a privilege because she seems to live what she preaches. Oh yeah, it really absolutely. Seems to be the real deal, and I, I, I applaud that. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And to be quite honest, she calls for us to do the exact same thing. Those who are part of uh, the Fellowship of Affirming Ministries, uh, she constantly <laughs> calls us to the carpet and asks us, "What's our truth? What is it that we are bringing and presenting to the people of God?" Amen. That is how it's supposed to go, actually. Always in touch, always boots on the ground. So can I ask you, what is your, it sounds like we, we already have the answer to this question, but what is your greatest, your greatest passion or and conviction? That is a great question. My greatest passion is really to see the whole of humanity come into their greater good. Uh, a lot of times that is now very cliche, but it is absolutely yeah, yeah. a truism with me. Um, yeah. Having grown up in 
the urban area of Chicago than Atlanta. I've seen some things. <laughs> and quite honestly, I know and am acutely acquainted with uh, the disparities in our society. And yeah. my heart's cry is that people would elevate to the station to which God has predestined for them, their greatest good, their greatest possibility. That's my passion. And I think that uh, following that is leading to the work that we're doing, especially with individuals that are um, uh, experiencing homelessness and health disparities. My heart just goes out to that community and it's where I roll up my sleeves, get my nails dirty, and dig in the dirt for them. Yes, amen. You know, I don't. I I agree with that. It's so difficult to be a Christian and not have any connection to those who are less fortunate than you. Can I tell and, you? I don't think that you are, if you don't have that compassion. That is Jesus so true. Was the first one that said, "Listen." If you are not caring for the least of these, what's what's up with that? <laughs> you know, to paraphrase it in the Eliot theological uh, uh, book, how about that? Love it, love it. I'm gonna take that one. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> and it's true. It's so very true. And uh, you know, going as, as as you talked about growing up in a very traditional uh, setting, that isn't often what we saw. We were all about church business and giving to the men of God and pastor appreciation, da 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 That seemed to be the focus instead of actually connecting with real people and real issues. Oh, yeah. So it is absolutely refreshing. And a lot of young people from millennials on have have really gotten loud with this message. So it is refreshing to hear a pastor, an organization, a a a panel of bishops and elders uh, talk about and live this type of lifestyle. Yes, yes, absolutely. And you know, it is absolutely one of the things that uh is part of the call. You know, yes. um what uh if, if we draw it right from the Bible, the Bible says that what we're supposed to do is love justice, walk uh, uh, humbly before our God. So we have to be concerned about what's happening in our society. We have to be yeah. concerned with what's happening with our fellow brethren, our fellow, or should I say to be more politically accurate, our siblings, not just in our community. You know, uh, people used to say our four and no more. No, this is a global community that we have to be concerned about. I'm just as concerned about the individuals in the Ukraine as I am the individuals who are in Phoenix. Correct. Amen, because we are all connected. Yes, yes, absolutely. And yes, how deep. <laughs> how deep. But that goes <laughs> to love and loving thy neighbor and loving yes. God. And that's a whole complicated thing that is just too much for some folks to do, I guess. So. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, and it's really a sad commentary that we don't think that loving the least of these and caring for the least of these is something that we are called to do. You know, certainly, you know, we're called to do uh, greater works than, than what Jesus did because he's one person, but it starts with loving your neighbor. That's correct, because the term least of them is objective. Oh, and certainly, I don't think certainly. People, yeah, and I don't think people understand that, because who you think is least is not least to him <laughs> or least to others. Yes. It's just yes. in your small little world circle, these other folks don't matter. And that, yes, again, like absolutely. you said, it's so important. It is so important to see just as love. So let me ask you, what do you want people to know most about your ministry, your heart, your mission, your church, your pastoral calling? What, what do you want people to know most about your ministry? I think the singular most important thing that I'd like for people to know as it relates to um, my ministry, my life, the work that I do, is that somehow we were able to marry Jesus and justice. Yes. I think that that is absolutely paramount because when you have Jesus, there's love woven into that. When you have justice, there is love and compassion woven into that. And I think that Anytime that I'm afforded a platform, anytime that I'm afforded the opportunity to do or to be a part of, I want to take that along with me, that when I show up, Jesus and justice show up. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, you heard it here first, and I know that everyone who may be listening to this may not be Christians or may not be Pentecostal or Kojic or what have you, but please hear the universal message that this dear man of God, this dear man of God is is trying to convey right now, and that is the message of love, acceptance, wholeness, peace. So tell everyone, tell your fans, tell your parishioners, tell all your followers and all those who want to get to know you a little bit more, where can they find you on social media? Well, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to say. Uh, I can be found on uh, Facebook at Pastor Elliot Somerville. I can also be found on Instagram in two different ways. Uh, that's EKS Ministries. And um, I also, with Instagram, there is another handle. And, you know, it escapes me what it is right now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, EKS, EKS Ministries is one, and then also uh, for the uh, for Twitter, it's Elliot tweets, and so those oh. are the ways that we can we can be found. Oh, look at that! How interesting. See, everyone, go look him up, go follow him, see what they're doing, see what's what's going on within the nonprofit. I'm sure that you'll be keeping us up to date on what's going on and how we can help and how individuals can get involved from the Arizona Phoenix area and all around the world. 
Yes, thank promise. you. The promise? The promise. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, I thank you for taking the time to talk to me today and talk to our, our listeners who want to know all about you and want to know all about your faith and all about this whole faith walk and the TFAM organization and all that you do. They are oh, out thank there. you so much. Thank you. And have a blessed day. Everyone, keep it locked right here. We are going to play some old school jams from Reverend Milton Bronson. All right. Hang tight. 